0: We talked about looking back in history. Now, one of the things I said on Sunday is that before a revival began, in, whenever a revival was getting ready to take place, it always began with the people relinquishing control over the things that, that they own and giving towards building up of God's kingdom whenever the revival in 1858 began it was called the prayer, it was called the layman's prayer revival and right before that i told you in order to understand it you have to know what happened a year before what happened the year before was the gold rush in california right Remember us talking about that on Sunday? And one of the things that happened during the gold rush days, people started to become what? Rich. And as a result of them becoming rich, what started happening? They started to cover it. The preachers started preaching on stewardship. Now, one of the questions that I asked on, la- on Sunday was, does anyone know what stewardship is, the definition of stewardship and 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 we found out that the definition of stewardship is that it's one who does what who manages what someone else's good so everything that you have does not belong to you how many know that everything that you have does belong to you right Everything that you have belongs to you, right? Everything that you have is yours, right? You can take it with you when you die, right? Huh? Yes? Okay. So you're telling me you're not going to take your car with you? Why not? Why can't you take it with you? Isn't that interesting? That we are a trichotomous being. What does that mean? Pastor, I'm trichotomous. Right. Body, soul, and what? Spirit. The body is what? Physical. The soul is what? Immaterial. And the spirit is what? Immaterial. So, Here's the thing, we spend our lives here on earth investing more in the physical and we spend less time investing in the soul, in the spirit. Amen. People go to seminary because they want to know more about God they want to deepen their understanding of him they want, to, they want to get deeper into the word right they want to enrich their you know their, their understanding of God right uh, uh, people come to church and Bible study because you're here at Bible study tonight because you want more for your spiritual life you want more you are investing more in your spiritual life that's why you're here tonight right amen right and so along with that comes what? Responsibility. Because just like what you invest in the physical, what, what, what the things that you're investing in the spirit, in the physical, it costs you something. For instance, the church wants my money or the church just wants my money, but Starbucks just wants your money. Apple just wants your money. The grocery store, Kroger just wants your money. Come on, somebody. The light company just wants your money. But we don't argue with them. Am I right about it? Do we argue with them? Do we argue with the light company? We may argue, but guess what? We're going to be in the dark. Listen, they don't care how many kids you have. They don't, we don't have, we don't argue with the cable company, we don't, definitely don't argue with the cell phone company, they just want your money and you get what do you get? you get, you get the service okay. but that's the service that you're getting is just to feed the what, the material part of you do I have anybody tonight and, and as a result of that right, when you start thinking about it right does God ever shut the lights off on you spiritually? The only way that the lights will go off on you spiritually is if you hit the switch. And, and so, when we start talking about what happened in 1849, if you look at bullet point number one, in 1849, during the decades that follow, In 1849, millions of dollars were poured into the American economy, a total of two billion worth of precious metals were extracted from the area during the gold rush. Amen. But what happened when they started to get all this money? What do you think started to happen? What do you think would happen if God began to bless everybody in this church? covetedness now what does it mean to covet anybody know what it means to covet to keep it for yourself to hoard hoarding is a sin so when when I accumulate all of these uh, material things and I don't give it away, because here's the thing if you're not using it anymore then why are you holding on to it and and I can answer that question because of the curse of scarcity those of you who have taken my economic class will understand what I'm talking about the curse of scarcity when God cursed the ground and he says from the sweat of your brow you shall work all the days of your life is because things spoil so quite naturally when we go to the store to try to buy something and we see you know, 10 for a dollar, we buy 10, but we're going to use one. The reason we buy it because we're afraid that we're going to run out. That's called the curse of scarcity. Scarcity. And so that's the reason why we accumulate so much. So what started to happen to them is that they started to accumulate all this stuff and then all of a sudden people started to covet. So the church answered back, which started teaching on stewardship. Now, I told you that a steward is a manager, one who manages the affairs of who? Another. That is the definition of a steward. A steward owns nothing. He has no rights to anything. You'll read in scripture where Jesus will say, um, you know, a king left for a long journey. You ever read that? And he left his steward in charge, right? And he says, you know, the one with the one talent, one with the two talent, one with the three talent, you know, and so forth. And so the illustration there is that God has left you with a certain amount of stuff to manage. Wherever you are right now in your life, that's what you're supposed to have right now. You know why you're supposed to have that right now? Because God knows what you can handle. Do I have anybody? I know you want more right now. I know you want more. I know you're you're, you're endeavoring to have more. I know this. But God is saying, listen, I know what you can handle. Now, the question is, does the church just want your money? And sometimes that's the way it seems. But God says, the remedy was, hey, here was the remedy to covetedness. Teach on stewardship. Now, watch this. If you look at your paper, right there at the after bullet point number three, if you're gonna read, uh, there's a mic around. It says there's a relationship between stewardship and what? Now, we've been asking God, can, can I ask you this? How many of you desire to see a spiritual awakening? A revival. Anybody? And I'm talking about a time where it's, it, you can now, when I say a revival, a spiritual awakening, what I'm talking about is seeing God work miraculously. God's manifest presence the situations that's going on in your life your brokenness your barrenness your your disappointments i'm talking about when revival comes god will lift those burdens off of you off of your life and so whenever we see revival in the old testament it always preceded it is always accompanied with stewardship Most of the great revivals in the Old Testament occurred during the remodeling, watch this, or rebuilding of the temple. Can you imagine that revival broke out while they were getting ready to construct? Well, actually, here's what's happening in 2 Kings. What's happening in 2 Kings, the temple had been defiled. Did you read chapter 21? How many read chapter 21? Let me see the mic. How many read chapter 21? If you read chapter 21. So he became, Manasseh, I believe, he became king. All right? He became king. Manasseh became king. He did what was evil in the sight of God, but watch this. He went on a search and destroy mission to take all the things that were holy and defile it. He's, yeah, he, well, no. Hezekiah, his dad did the opposite. See, here's the thing. You can either learn from your daddy, amen. You can either listen, you can learn the good stuff, it's about choices, or you can learn, or you can go on and do things your own way. He had a godly father that taught him the right way but he chose to do the wrong thing. You have a godly pastor that tries to teach you, come on somebody, the right things. The question is, are you going to hold on to the teaching and run with it? See, so so what he did was he he set up altars of to Baal. You know, you know, you know what Baal was? Baal were idols. And along with idolatry, here's what he started to do. They started temple prostitution. Male and female. So guess what? Their form of worship was sex. Oh yeah, I'm to get ready to teach you some seminary style stuff. They, they, they put, did you see they put the astral pole in the, in, the, in the sanctuary? Did you see that? In the text, you know what that pole was for? Hey, Amen. We, we leave that to your imagination. <laughs> so, so they defiled the church. Kind of like today. <laughs> the church is defiled today. Does the church just want your money? Some churches do. And guess what? Those are the churches that are packed out on Sunday mornings. Those are the churches that people are flocking to. And I just read an article on CNN. They call it Sunday morning stick up. That's what they call it. It's, it was an article about how this, they did an article about the church, right? And the pastor was up here and people had already gave up, came up and gave their tithes. And then the guy came back up again. And he said, he said, man, I feel a move of God. The Lord is telling me, bring it all. People started running down. To the altar, throwing, giving away their alligator shoes, throwing, giving their watches, their Rolexes, all their money in their pockets, and the guy called it a holy stick up. Holy bandit. And 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 see, this is the thing. That's what was going on in chapter 21. And so what had happened was the people had not had not yet seen revival. They were without the presence of God. Amen. Now, here's what I want to say to you. It's in our nature to gravitate. You ever notice when you start falling back how it's so easy to gravitate back to negativity? Anybody? It's just so, listen, you don't have to try to go back to negativity. It was always there. God was the one that was keeping it back from you. It's that easy to go back. And it was that easy for them to defile the temple. And now the temple had been broken down and God, through the second kings and first kings, he had sent his prophets to warn them and to tell them to live right. Now watch this, watch this. So Sarah, tell me what you got. He practiced witchcraft. And uh, like you said, he built the altar of Baal in the church. Pretty much what I wanted you to read. And, and, then, and then what he did was he brought in all kinds of idolatries in the church. And you know, you know what can happen? You can bring idolatry into your life. See, when God starts prospering you, you can begin to accumulate idols. Listen, the remedy to idolatry and covetedness is stewardship. It's saying, God, I am a steward. It does not belong to me. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to give it into your kingdom? Listen, your finances will go further in the kingdom than it would anywhere else. Why? Because it's God's work. And whenever you place your finances, it will work for you. And listen, in God's economic plan, it may not make sense. He took what? One fish. I'm sorry, two fishes and one loaf of bread. And what what did he do? Five loaves of bread. And what did he do? He fed what? 5,000. But you know the reason why he was able to do that? Because the little boy was willing to to let go of what he had. Saints, I I, I cannot explain to you tonight. If you're struggling financially, you have to ask yourself this question. Where is your money really going? And you say bills, but I say that if you are not supporting the kingdom of God, you will continue to struggle. It will be a continuous cycle of struggle. Why? Because God says you're holding it all. Forget the tithe you're not willing to try my economic plan. God's plan for you is great, but part of that plan is that he trusts you. What does he trust you with? With the resources that he places in your care. And every week or every two weeks or every month or whatever it is, he sits back and he says, can I trust you? Now, here's the thing. We're looking at God's plan, financial plan for, amen, global evangelization. How does God finance his work? Right? Watch this. Sister Roe, you had something. Yes, he did. Now, if you, if you read it, let's look at verse 10, chapter 21, 2 Kings chapter 21, verse 10. And then I want to get into chapter 22, and I want to show you how it all turned around. Look at 2 Kings chapter 21 and verse 10. It says, now the Lord, you see, let me say this to you. God is speaking through his prophet. God speaks through his man today. All right, be very, very careful. He speaks through the man of God today like he spoke through the prophet here. Here's the thing. Whenever you start going in a different direction, God's going to send a word. And he's going to send a word through the man of God to say, hey, Turn it around. Do what's right. Turn your life back over to me. So look what he says. He says, now the Lord spoke through his servant, the servants, the prophet, saying, because Manasseh, the king of Judah, has done these what? Having done wickedly more than all the Amorites did who were before him. Now, he was worse than the Amorites. Enemies of Israel. The Amorites. They were not to be played with, but they were worse. He was worse than them. Now here he is. He's supposed to be the king. He was supposed to do what is right. He was supposed to do it. And listen, saints, what I'm the framework that I'm trying to get you to be in when we start looking at God's perspective here or God's plan is that. We have to be careful as a church that we don't fall into the same category where we are only thinking about ourselves and not God's work. Watch the text. The text says He did more than all the Amorites did who were before Him, and He has also made what? He has what? made Judah what with his what one man can lead you astray one bad preacher we can make the building an idol did you know that the building can become an idol the man of God can become but the man of God leads you only as far as he's going so here it is this man caused them to sin. That's pretty heavy to me. God's how listen the glory of just picture it like this. The glory of God had left the temple the people, rather than coming in holy respect before God, they were coming to have a party and orgies, and, and they were coming to get drunk. They were coming to, they were coming to bow down. Listen, when, in chapter 22, when Josiah started cleaning house, if you read the whole chapter, he, he had to do a whole bunch of stuff. He, they had introduced witchcraft. Listen, I want to tell you something. I see the bot. That's what witchcraft is. That, that, listen, listen. I see a lot of this in the church today. We are idolizing things. We have introduced all kinds of strange doctrines and strange fire and name it and claim it and do this and do that and and come get your holy oil and your the, you know all this stuff. In the kingdom of God is in a state of emergency big time pastor not too long ago said oh little churches just need to close their doors. If it wasn't for the little churches that's preaching sound doctrine come on somebody everybody would be in those big churches in some of those big churches that's promoting false doctrines. So what was going on with them? They had lost their way. Their leader had led them the wrong way. They started to sin. The Bible says he led them to what? To sin. And listen, listen, I want to say something to you. If if you can't let it go, it's an idol. And your money can become your idol. The church just wants your money. Starbucks just wants your money. You don't hesitate. Amen. Netflix wants your money. You know they just went up, right? (laughs) And now you can only watch two screens. You know what I mean? They got hip to game. Before you can do seven ninety nine, you can watch as much as you want. See, all things don't last long. See? But guess what? We wouldn't listen, we will give Netflix ten, twelve dollars and sixty two cents, but we won't give God a dollar. A dime off of what he's given us. Because we need it, see? Because I need it. But listen, saints, what I'm saying to you is you got to understand God's perspective, God's plan for evangelization, for God's plan for his kingdom. You are part of this kingdom. You are part of this church and God wants you to do your part. But watch this now. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Josiah, back to our handout. Number one, it says there's a relationship between stewardship and revival in the Old Testament. Many of the great revivals in the Old Testament watch this, occurred during the what? remodeling or the what these building programs call for what kind of giving can I ask you something when was the last time you were sacrificial I'm talking about towards the kingdom first fruit amen praise God that was sacrificial Amen. My daughter was sacrificial towards me on Sunday when they couldn't pay me. My own daughter took her savings. I know I, I, know I shouldn't have said it, but, but God gonna bless her for that. And she, said, she, she broke down crying in my truck. She said, Daddy, it's unfair that you stand and you preach every Sunday and Tuesday and you're not paid. Here, take it. I don't want it back. And she wrote on the thing, I don't give it back. That was sacrificial. She didn't look at me as a dad, she looked at me as a pastor sacrificial. We have some other people in this church who are very sacrificial. They care about the kingdom. And I want to say this to you. God is not going unnoticed, okay? It may not happen right now, but God is setting you up. The question is, are you sacrificial? That's the key. See, because here's the thing. A tenth is doing what's required. Amen. Above that is sacrificial. Now, watch this. One example of revival and giving going together was in Judah during the reign of who? Josiah. Now, let's go to chapter 22. Now, let's look at at some facts. Number one, Josiah was just eight years old. What can an eight-year-old do? You say nothing, but I tell you what, he was king. But the thing about Josiah that was different than all the other guys that had come before him, Josiah loved God. At 16, he dedicated his life to God. At 20, he implemented all of God's plans through his word. You want to know how Josiah succeeded? You want to know how he succeeded? In a nutshell, you want me to tell you? I believe if you really start reading this again, I'm talking about every day. If you start reading this book and start applying it, you will begin to see revival in your life. How does an eight-year-old king take over with all of this mess going on? How do you clean up that mess? Let's read it. Come on, let's read it. There was a, he had, now, of course, he had advisors and things like that. Okay, but watch this. Watch this. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned for how long? Thirty-one years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Jedahar, and his daughter, the daughter of Adah, Adah of Bozakot. Bo- I'm sorry, Bozakat, and he did what? what the text says, he did right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in all the way of his father David. I'm sorry, and walked in all the way of his father David, nor did he turn aside to the right to the left. Now, in the 18th year of King Josiah, the king sent Saphna, the son of Eleazar, the son of Messalom, the scribe, to the what? Saying, go up to Helkanah, the high priest, and he may count the What? The money brought into the house of the Lord, which the doorkeepers have gathered from where? Where do you think the money came from? The people. And even though the people were given over to idolatry, etc., etc., there were still a few good people who did not neglect their responsibility to take care of the temple. Do you know how God takes care of his church? Through the people. That's how he does it. That's how God finances his church. Watch the text. We're going, we're going there going this. Yes. Where are we at? Verse 5. He says, Let them deliver it into the hand of who? Who have the oversight of the what? And let them give it into the who? Who are in the house of the Lord to repair the what? damages of the house. Now, watch this. It took him 10 years, he was 18. But his concern, here's what he knew. He knew that the only way to restore revival is to start taking care of the house of God. Now, I'm teaching this for a seminary kind of style, so whatever church you're in, you got to make sure that you're doing your part so that we can rebuild. It's time to rebuild, saints. It's time for us to rebuild. But if there's nothing coming in, then how can we keep going? How can we move forward? We said at the end of 2016, God is going to build, we're going to build a church. We have pledged over $55,000. On an average week, only two or three people give towards that same building fund that we pledged to. How are we going to rebuild the walls? How are we going to rebuild God's kingdom? If the, can I ask you something? Let me ask this question, hypothetically. If these doors close tomorrow, would it affect you? Would it? No? It would affect me. Because I know this is where I come every week. To worship God. This is where I believe that God has placed us. And this is why I believe that God is going to do some great things in the future. But here's the thing about Josiah. Josiah could have taken that money back to the kingdom where he was. And live on it. But Josiah the king was also sacrificial. Kind of like what I'm doing right now. I'm forfeiting what I'm supposed to get so that the bills can be paid. Simply because there's not enough coming in. Amen. Now, watch this. Watch the text. The text says he wanted them to deliver to who? The workmen, right? And and give to the workmen who are in the house of the Lord to repair the damages. Look at verse 6. To the carpenters? Oh, my gosh. How did they get the money to rebuild the church? Huh? Through the people. Did they sell chicken dinners, popcorn balls, car washers? They didn't have to do that. They didn't have to do it. What I'm saying to you is what we need is already here. And if we are all faithful, 100%, tithed, we can build. Are you with me? watch the text look what it says to the carpenters and to the builders and the masons for the buying of timber and huge stone to repair see here's the thing a lot of people think well oh it's, it's, it's because it's the church it's God's house oh it's just going to miraculously happen no it doesn't miraculously happen it happens miraculously when you release it hallelujah Come on, somebody. Say amen. Y'all don't, don't, I'm almost done, y'all. Don't put up with me for a little bit. Just watch, it, watch, watch what he says now. He says, he says, look what he says. Carpenters and builders and masons, he stone to repair the house. Verse seven. Only no accounting shall be made with them for the money delivered into their hands. Watch this. For they deal what? What, here's what I f- found out. You and I have to trust our church and believe that the money is being spent correctly. Amen. And so I believe that every church needs to have some form of open policy for open books, which we have. So that if you have doubt, see this is why a lot of people don't give too. Well, I don't know what they're doing with the money. Well, when you came in and it's nice and cool in here, you know what they did with the money. <laughs> Amen. If you, I, We've been here where it's been hot, and I've seen some of you. The ones who don't give, they're the ones that complain the most. Man, it's hot in here. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you don't have a voice, See? See, being part of it means that you are willing to be sacrificial. Watch verse, watch verse 8 now. Then of the high priest said to Safna, the scribe, To have I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. Now notice what had happened was. They did not hear any sermons. They had not heard sermons for years. The Bible was lost in the rubble. They had taken the word of God and just threw it away. And so, Josiah said, you know what? Let's start here. I'm I'm trying to bring this in illustration in your life. See, right now, maybe your house is broken down spiritually. So in order for revival to begin in your life, you need to start picking up all those pieces and start remodeling and start renewing and start rebuilding your spiritual life so after the the dust has cleared, you'll see the word of God laying right there at your feet. That's what had happened. Whenever people stop learning and respecting the word of God, they stop growing. And they become stagnated in their Christian life and they're stuck and they're broke and they're broken and they complain and they can't get ahead. And and they're always saying, I wish I could have, would have, should have, but I can't. But it's time for you and I to rebuild. It's time to build, saints. Hallelujah. It's time to build. It's time to remodel. It's time to get up and start working in the kingdom of God. Step up is what I talked about Sunday. And move forward and don't think about it. Just do it. You know why? Because maybe that's why you haven't been hearing the word because you're caught up in the rubble. But it was only when they decided to rebuild the temple that this young man, this high priest, said, "I found, watch this, the book of the law and where it was in the house of God all that time." Listen, can. I When was the last time you read? You have the word on your phone. You have it in your car. You have it. See, here's the thing. Having it and not reading it and applying it doesn't help you. You know, you know why they started living the way they did? Because they neglected the word of God. If they would have, if if they would not have followed the king, if they would have followed the word where it says in Deuteronomy, thou should have no other gods before me. What is your idol? And whatever that idol is, it will always take you away from the word of God because the word of God will always direct you in the right direction. Watch watch, 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 this. Watch what he says. He says, and what he did was he gave the book to Saphonah who read it. And Saphonah, the scribe, came to the king and brought word to the king and said, your servants have emptied out the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hand of the workmen who have the oversight of the house of the Lord. Moreover, Saphonah the scribe told the king, saying, Helkanah the priest has given me a book. And Saphonah read it in the presence of the king. Watch this. And when the king heard... Oh, I wish I had somebody. Somebody don't do it right now, though. And when when he heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. And then the king commanded Helcon of the priests and Helcun of the son of Sephaniah, Echabar the son of Micaiah, uh, Sephaniah the scribe, and Asariah the king's servant, saying, Go and inquire of the Lord for me and the people and all Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found, for great is the wrath of the Lord that burns against us because our fathers have not listened to the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. The book was all about them. Can you imagine? Revival began because they stopped. Listen, some of you have turned a deaf ear to the word. But if you start listening again, God is going to revive you. That's the kind of God we serve, y'all. He's loving, he's caring, he's, he's compassionate, but he's also a God of wrath. What happened? What happened? When the king heard the word, he's like, man, we're not doing what we're supposed to do. Now, I don't think I have to say every Sunday, will a man rob God? But maybe I need to so that maybe you can hear the word and you can hear it say, you are robbing me in tithes and offering. I'll get to that later on in this, but I want to say this with you, share this with you. Revival did not break out until they gave their money to do what? To rebuild the house of God. And while getting ready to rebuild the house of God or to renovate the house of God, they stumbled upon the what? The word. Tonight, God has a word for you. And what is he saying to you tonight? It's time to get back to the word. It's time to get back to doing what is right. <laughs> We're not asking you for five and six offerings. We're asking you to do one thing obey the word, tithe. Whatever you get, you give God a tenth of it, no matter what. And watch, I'm talking about a tenth. See, giving God just some, the text says, bring the whole tithe. See? See, the children of Israel, what they were doing in, in, in Malachi, they were just bringing what was left over. That's why God specified, he says, bring the whole tithe. So if I make a 1,000, I bring 100. I don't bring 75. Because believe it or not, it doesn't count. As a matter of fact, if you bring 75, the next week you owe 10 plus 5% on top of that. That was was the tax that they charged if you held back a portion of the tithe. Did you know that? That's that's from the book. So when they heard the book, they kind of looked like how we are looking tonight. Like, oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Don't tear your clothes off. <laughs> Amen. Slow it down. <laughs> but but they're like, they were convicted in their hearts. They were like, man, have we been going? See, here's the thing. The book gets you to live right. It's not the preacher. It's the book that he preaches. And hopefully he's preaching the word. And all the, all the high priest did was he read the what? Uh, the word. Watch this now. Watch this. Watch verse 14. So, Helgan of the priests uh, uh, and Akamah, es- Ichabar, es- Safana, es- and es- Esarai went to, yeah, H- Haladat, the prophet. Now, watch this. Here's, man, this is powerful. This, that's why I wanted you to read the context. And I'm closing. Notice what he said, right? The king said, go and get a word from God and bring it back to us, right? That's what he said. He said, go, go and get a word from God and come back. You know where they went? The only person that was there that they could go to was the prophetess. I wish I had somebody. The prophetess gave a word. Watch this now. (laughs) The son of Tigavah, the son of Haraz, keeper of the wardrobe. Now, what she did, she kept the royal wardrobe. She she made sure the pastor's clothes was intact. That was her job. See, a lot of people, you know, they...